Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 34 of From the Van. It's a podcast from my van where I have conversations with people who have relationships with residential vehicles. I'm your host, Marty Benson. I'm telling you that at the behest of my girlfriend who said that it was awkward that I had 30 some odd episodes of a podcast where I never said my name. Today's episode features Bowen Dwelly. You may remember he was a guest uh, back in June of this year. Uh, We interviewed him on the last night of his tenancy in his apartment. Uh, He sort of waded into van van life in the same sort of way that I did. I thought I was going to hate it. He didn't know exactly what it was going to mean for him. And we both love it. He's been living in there full time ever since. And uh, he was down in San Diego County. Uh, I was like, dude, let's catch up. Do another podcast. See where you're at. How you're feeling. Uh, what's up with the van? What's your trajectory in life and all of that? We talked a, a bit about his uh, his new coaching practice, uh, his travels, paragliding, and um, a little bit about depression. A uh, bunch of very interesting topics to me. And uh, I think we had a really good conversation. I think that you'll enjoy it. Please enjoy episode 34 of From the Van featuring Bowen Dwelly. Uh, we met in your uh, hood, and now we're in ours. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I made my way down to down to SoCal, man. What are you doing down here? Mm, <clears throat> just living, you know. Yeah. Visiting friends. Um, I've got yeah some very good friends who live down here. One of my oldest buddies. Okay. Um, a guy that man that I've known. <clears throat> I've known since I was 15 years old, mm-hmm. actually, that I met working in the shipyards up in. In San Francisco Bay. So is he from San Francisco and moved down here? No, he's from Scotland originally. Oh, whoa! And he came across on a on a yacht, you know, working <laughs> boats as a as a late teenager, <laughs> as a young man. Yeah, and um, fetched up in San Francisco. Uh huh. And um, I was living on my dad's sailboat there in in Richardson Bay off okay. of Sausalito. And I was working, I was like 15, 16 or something. I was doing a little work for the guy that owned the Yacht Harbor mm-hmm. in the office. You know, I worked on the computer. Because yeah. I grew up with computers and stuff. Right. And whatever. And I would see the guys working out in the yard, you know, doing fiberglass work and working, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, one of them came in and said, you know, introduced himself, started talking. He said, what are you doing sitting in here? this fucking computer right why don't you come outside and work with us it's a lot more fun you know so that's how we met and uh yeah we'd been friends ever since and yeah eventually moved to southern california la and then san diego the last mm-hmm. several years so you know i just come down and visit once in a while right yeah when we last uh hung out you was the last night in your apartment did you get yes. a new one no you didn't you no, still living in the van oh yeah you like it Oh man, it's it's the best thing. It's the best thing. I'm so into it, man. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that was June, around June 7th. I think uh-huh. it was right around my sister's birthday. Damn, you can remember things. Well, you know, like I said, that's <laughs> the, that was helpful. That it was right around my sister's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, happy birthday, Thea, <laughs> back then. And uh, yeah, I mean, I had moved up, packed up all my stuff. We got together that evening. Yeah. And it was a Thursday evening, and I was 
um, ready to take off that Friday yeah. and split, and I did. How was your trip? Well, I'm still on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you had. Um, but yeah. Were you doing part of the PCT with your nephew no. or somebody? Well, I took him. I, I took him. Yeah, that's actually this guy Dez's son. Oh, okay. You know, so um, there you go. Um, I took him backpacking in the Sierras back mm -hmm. in August. Okay. So that was kind of the end of my. The, my first big trip, yeah, my first big band mm -hmm. trip, uh, which was, you know, turned out to be two, two and a half months, something like that. I went out to the Sierras and went up to Oregon and out into Idaho, down to Nevada, across Utah, Colorado. I actually did drive to Colorado. Righteous. I was just listening yeah. to the front end of our first and podcast. And you weren't sure if you were going to do it. Right. I yeah. said, oh, I'm going north. Well, in the end, I decided to drive out to Denver by way of, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And then I went north from there to Wyoming, Montana, and back west into Washington State, yeah. and then back down or through Oregon, spent uh -huh. some more time there, back to California. Brad. And, and uh, you know, since then, yeah, I've just like dropped, I've dropped in to the Bay Area a couple times, mm -hmm. um, you know, because it is my my home city for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I'm there a couple three weeks, and I start feeling and that's like, enough. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. You know, that's enough. And and one of my one of my big motivations in general and, and this summer and with the van has been that I want to live in the mountains most mm -hmm. of all, you know, and so I, I really have been. And so like a month or the beginning of October, <clears throat> I took off again and I went out into the into the Owens Valley to the Eastern Sierras, you know, the area around Bishop and mm -hmm. well around Bishop, let's say, and uh, Mammoth, of course, and you know, the whole area out there. And Bill mostly spent, I spent most of the last month out there, one way or another. I did a little detour to New York City and... Uh, on a plane. Yeah, on a plane. Okay. <laughs> yeah, someone asked me, did you drive out there? I said, what, are you nuts? Uh -huh. <laughs> no. I just drove to Vegas, left a van there in yeah. New York, you know. And then uh, it started getting a little cold, as it does out there, mm -hmm. at elevation. You know, once it dropped into the 20s mm -hmm. at night... You know, it's a little, a little bit chilly. chilly. Yeah. <laughs> Even with all the hot springs and everything, you uh -huh. know, so you wake up in the van and it's just 25 degrees. It's a little bit frosty. Yeah. So, uh, but I did a bunch of cool stuff out there. I did some flying, a bunch of mountain running. I got to go up Mount Whitney. Mm -hmm. I met some guy just at random who had an extra Whitney Pass. And so we partnered up and um, went up Whitney. We had a beautiful day. Rad. And then I uh, just made my way south. Yeah, to here to visit these guys and hang out with you and a whole bunch of other people down here. And, uh -huh. and I'll gradually, you know, after a few more days, I'll turn around and head back north. Head back up north. Yeah, just pit stop up. Are you taking the van to Mexico yet? No, not. I have driven to Baja several times uh -huh. in the past, uh, but I haven't taken this rig to, to yeah. Mexico. And I, I mean, I don't know. Are you interested in that? Yeah, yeah. We're thinking about so. Um, some friends are coming. You know, it's funny in. Uh, on Memorial Day, they started for six months. We were all sleeping every, all the, we have a pretty robust van life crowd here. Yeah, yeah. And on Memorial Day, they ticketed everybody who was, it was like, we were laughing because you would wake up and it was like 12 vans in a row, just super obvious and it's yeah. not legal technically here. Yeah. And so they, on Memorial Day, it was like, summer's coming ding, 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 ticket yeah. everybody we were yeah. fortunate we were out of town that night yeah um yeah but the 
the community swells in the winter because this is sort of like the best place to be in yeah. February. Yeah. And some friends are coming into town at the end of the month and we're thinking about doing yeah. a little Baja mission. Yeah, you should. Uh, with them. Yeah. I yeah. went there with my buddy, my best surfing friend, uh, Jeremy and I went down there for like five days over Thanksgiving mm -hmm. a couple years ago and okay. got super good surf. Yeah, so you have it down there. Yeah, yeah, I've been down there a bunch, but I uh -huh. haven't taken the van yet. I see. Uh, yeah. I'm excited have, like, about have it. you been deep into Baja or no, just in the north? Yeah. No. We've, what was it? Yeah. Punta San Jose was the furthest that I've been. Yeah, I don't know exactly um, where like that is. It's probably but... three hours south of here. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I've driven down, I don't know, several times, and I've been, I mean, I've been down all, Baja many, many, many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, times. what are the, what are the legalities around, uh, around paragliding? Paragliding? Yeah, or flying. That's what you're yeah. doing, Yeah, yeah, right? I thought you were going to ask about legalities around Baja, you know? No, like, <laughs> I, I imagine that you can probably, there are probably a shit ton of places to fly in Baja. Um... There are some, I think, you know, the way, I mean, yes, there, there are, uh -huh. they're, they're not so much known spots because, you know, right. the way it works is like, there have to be people who want to fly it and then they kind of identify the spots and out. that sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, Baja is just sparsely populated and mm -hmm. not a hell of a lot of people go there. And most people that go there, they go there to surf mm -hmm. or kite surf, you know, or fish or dive, yeah. you know, primarily. So I do know some pilots who fly down there a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a spot, you know, people go to La Ventana to kite and stuff and there's some, some bluffs near there where people fly, but mm -hmm. you know, ba mo most of Baja is still just kind of unexplored yeah. or just so again, sparsely traveled that yeah. I'm sure some people have flown there somewhere, you know, and just no one's ever, heard, no one ever heard the story, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, the legalities, I mean, it just depends on who owns the land. Mm -hmm. Like, where are you going to take off? Where are you going to land? You know, is it public land? Is it private land? You know, can you can you get permission from the landowner? Right. Are they cool with it? Does, you know, then do you, or do you, you know, do they want some sort of insurance thing or, right. you know, whatever? Or if it's a public agency, same thing, usually you need to get permission. And that's why you have all these local clubs around the U.S., like here in San Diego, you got the SDHGPA or something, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of administers access to, or the agreements with all the local sites with the various agencies that, right. you know, control those sites or whatever. Yeah, but uh, are you around today? I'm hanging out. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll see you in a little bit, buddy. It's good to see you. <laughs> that's uh, that's my buddy Ryan. He right on. just came back from. Hey, Spin, you gotta stay in the van, bud. <laughs> it's good to see you, buddy. Get in the van, uh, Spin. That's the phrase you probably hear most of all. <laughs> he's been um, he's been up in Santa Cruz for a while. Oh, cool. Yeah, come over here, Mister. Yeah, um, it gets complicated, man. It's I mean, because you can because it's America. Yeah. Because in America, you need a waiver for everything, everything and then you need do. a waiver to make sure just in case that waiver is not any good, and then you need a waiver to sign the waiver because the pen might explode, and you, uh -huh. need, you know, it's just, it's getting worse and worse. Are people, the, the best word I can think of, I would imagine that people are poaching too, like well, some people some go places, out and just do it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And there also, you know, there's still some land that's un unregulated uh -huh. you know like BLM, BLM. and forest service land is generally pretty pretty lightly regulated so like when I was out in the Owens out there there most of the sites that we fly or the sites that we launch from are just you know unregulated mm -hmm. open. but in an area like this you're near a big city you know most of the land is owned and controlled yeah and regulated sure you know just as you know we experience in other ways mm -hmm. right and um, 
this site I was flying yesterday is actually one of the unregulated sites around here. Oh, really? Whereas Torrey Pines, which is the most widely uh -huh. known site, is one of the most heavily regulated sites in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, it's like you have to... They make you sign, you know, you got to get on a, on video and do a, you have to speak the <laughs> really? words of the waiver and say, I hereby relinquish my blah, but I mean, you know, and then you got to pay and yeah, uh, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. So Wait, is that, depends. uh, the place you were at yesterday was El Capitan. We have the exact same flip-flops. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, you, or, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can get these anywhere in the world. Honest, you get them in Brazil, they're $4. Get them on Amazon. They're nineteen. You yeah. get them in the airport in Frankfurt. They're twenty-five euros or whatever. But yeah, you can get them anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that BLM well, land? The place you were at yesterday? I don't know whose land it is. Huh. And I. <laughs> yeah. You know, but a lot of people fly there. Yeah. And thankfully, it's un, it's nobody. It's, it's unregulated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't know. It's some. It's out there. Yeah. Blossom Valley. Okay. Yeah. I'm always curious about that because I love staying on BLM land. Right. It's free. Yeah, exactly. Um, Colette and I just went up to uh, yeah, Big Bear. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah a sure. couple weeks ago. Uh -huh. And um, we were there for five days. And yeah. Uh, we would wake up in the morning. It was like 18, 20 degrees a lot yeah. of the nights. We'd wake up in the morning and there'd be a little sh sheet Sheena. of snow on the inside of the windshield. Ooh, see, you've right? been doing some cold camping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the van's super well insulated. So it's, yeah. it's fine. Um, yeah, mine too. I just bundle up, but then it's like hanging around in the morning when it's like 22 degrees. You know, that's when it hurts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, having your coffee isn't quite as comfortable. It was a fun adventure for us to be cold, but I think that it would get really tedious if you had to do it for some reason. You yeah, know? like yeah. living up there. Once. Do you have a heater in your van? No, no. Okay, I, I didn't. You know, it's like just too small. Really. Yeah, you yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the space warms up. Yeah, I was just up in in uh, Idlewild. Okay. So very close. Yeah, like similar. Just, just over the other side of the 15 or whatever from Big Bear, right? Were you flying there? No. <clears throat> no, just hiking yeah. and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Just... We did Tucky's Peak uh, yeah, a few years ago. That's what I did. On mushrooms. It was super fun. <laughs> See, we remember our last, our last conversation, we were talking about all these little mushroom spots. Like, those are the magic spots, whether you're flying or hiking yeah. or whatever you want to do, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Tucky's is special, man. That, that, that place up there. It's gorgeous, man. It Get really that. is. I mean, that was, uh, yeah. Our buddies didn't want to hike into the night. They were, like, tired. And me and Jeremy were, like, tripping. And we were like, let's run down the ridge, man. And they were like, no, no, no. We got to turn around, man. <laughs> we're not staying out here until 3 o'clock in the That's morning or whatever. <laughs> so uh, what's next, man? Yeah. Yeah, where are you going? What are you doing? You're going to head back up to the bay, but... You you yeah, got projects gonna, you're working on? Yeah, What's... I got, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm writing. I mean, my main my main thing is writing mm -hmm. and coaching. I launched a coaching business this summer. It was after we met, actually. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I guess that's the, the one, you know, mention or knowledge of it I had at that time was that I was going out to Denver for this training, but mm -hmm. I really wasn't sure what was going to come of that. So in the meantime, I launched a, launched a life coaching practice. Okay. Um, it's called Second Sight Coaching. Cool. Um, that name uh, came to me uh, as a as a as a as a little message, and I looked it up. I said, "Second sight, you know, that sounds cool. What what could that mean? Mm -hmm. Or is it used for anything? You know, you come up with a name, you got to look it up and see. You know, to make sure you're not. And you know what? It's like no one's using it, and there's a little Wikipedia entry, and it says, well, it's kind of a synonym for intuition, like sort okay. of an archaic synonym for intuition i was like that's exactly what i'm that's huh. exactly what i thought it would mean you yeah. know essentially so um 
So yeah, I, I write a lot and I do my coaching from the van, mm -hmm. you know, just like you're doing this from the van. And uh, yeah, and then you go flying and kiting and running and you know, that's, those are my, that's my, my main sort of scope, list of activities. And um, <clears throat> I'm gonna head back north slowly, fly, go fly up the coast, Santa Barbara, that sort of thing. And then I'll hang out in the Bay Area sort of like, I'll probably go to my parents for Thanksgiving for yeah. once, you know, they, they're up in Sonoma. And um, and then I'm thinking about going to Thailand, actually. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I can drive the van there, but... Probably <laughs> not. Although I've heard about people shipping yeah. vans and stuff. Well, that's my plan for next year. So, but I'm thinking for the winter or just for a month or so, I'm going to go to Thailand. I've got a, a bunch of friends. I just recorded a podcast with a friend of mine, a, a young friend in, in who lives in Chiang Mai. Okay. Um, another... Over Skype or something? Yeah. Okay. Um, another... Um, friend a fellow kite surfer has a place there he's invited me to come over so nice you know it is you just start getting kind of invitations and messages it's like well Thailand is pretty cool you know don't say no to that yeah, yeah exactly right so um and then come back again in like after the new year do another three four weeks in in the bay area mm -hmm. um i'll have another you know i like to line things up i'll have a couple of events or things going on there and then my 50th birthday is coming up, so right. February. So I'll probably do something, you know, in in San Francisco then for that, and then probably also do some, go somewhere, go maybe go to Brazil or right. Colombia or something like that, or Panama. Mm -hmm. Actually, hmm. I just got, uh, I just invested, let's say, or donated a little bit of money uh, to uh, become part of a group that owns a little island in Panama. Actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if you find yourself driving like way, way south <laughs> um, on the west side of Panama, huh. uh, it's called Ma Mahagual. Um, it's an, it's, that's a whole other story. And then in the spring of next year, like come April or so, my plan is, yeah, to put the mattress on a boat over to Europe. Dope. That's my Dope. plan for next year, uh -huh. like the bulk of the next year, yeah. and just do what we're doing over there. Over there, killer. and I, you know, I could buy another van over there. There's a ton of vans, but it's like I already have my van. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's already it's so dialed now, yeah. And it's not that expensive, you know. It's two or two and a half thousand dollars. That's it. Yeah. Huh. To put the van on a on a ship in a container. Yeah. And put, it's all you know, and you know, you just go to a auto shipping agency they have it all dialed huh. i thought it would be more than that i think that, that's, that's right. super cool you're yeah. digging the metrics though huh yeah it's awesome okay uh i mean you know there's all kinds of vans etc yeah but i i you know like i had the van mm -hmm. you know what i mean i already had the van and i was driving around and so you know i didn't like choose the van as with with living in it in mind mm -hmm. you know i just had the van and well you know I went that direction. Right. So who knows if I would have chosen something different, different or yeah. not. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But I tell you what, yeah, it's awesome. We, I keep joking with, it's, it's only halfway a joke. Keep yeah. joking with Colette that she's on her, uh, she's on her stepmom's uh, health insurance until she turns 26 in a yeah. couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, babe, as soon as you turn 26, yeah. We're selling the van. She's an Italian. She's got dual citizenship. Oh, she does. And her mom d went through this like 
whole rigmarole when they were yeah. kids because they were the last generation, yeah, she and her sister, to, get, yeah. to be able to get the Italian citizenship. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, when you turn 26, we're selling the van, we're moving to Europe, we're getting a bigger van over there, and we're getting us some socialist health insurance, you know? That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, if you've got EU citizenship in the family, I mean, you should definitely take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't, but... Whatever, there's, there's plenty of ways to do it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Plenty of ways to do it. And uh, yeah, that's my plan for next year is like spend spend most of the rest of the year over there. Killer. Yeah. That's and, so cool. Yeah, just um, see what happens along the way. Yeah, do you have targets over there? All Specific over, places? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All over, I mean. I've spent um, I spent a lot of time in Europe in the past. Yeah, I lived in Italy actually mm -hmm. in college for okay. a year, and uh, I've been all over the place there, but mostly on like shorter trips, business trips, you know. And I I haven't had the opportunity to live like this. Yeah, you know, to really live there and be mobile, right? And you know, live in a new way there. So. Yeah, all over the place. I mean, man, you know, Portugal, Spain, you mm -hmm. know, the French. I'm going to go to the Pyrenees. Yeah. I went to grad school in Toulouse for a summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like there. southwest France. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, Pyrenees. I mean, the French Alps, um, the Dolomites. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of other mountains in Italy that, I, you know, the Apennines. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't even ever been to. Slovenia. Mm -hmm. I, went, I was in Slovenia two a year and a half ago. I love it there. Yeah, incredible place. Um, definitely gonna go back there. And then I mean, just all over the place. My God. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's super exciting, dude. Have you yeah. looked into the pragmatics of European van life? I know a bunch of people do it, but I haven't mm -hmm. done my research yet. I haven't done a ton of research. I mean, you see a lot of people in vans, of course. Yeah. I think. One reality is like you mentioned, you know, BL, there's no, there's no BLM, mm -hmm. you know, it's just more densely settled. Countries are too small. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you pretty much, you're pretty much always have to find a campground, you know, right. and it's like a paid campground situation, uh -huh. you know, and well, that's just how it is. And I, I've seen some of those Euro campgrounds and they tend to be, you know, they're way more compact. They're super tight. Yeah than the kind of campgrounds even that, mm -hmm. you know, that we're used to for the most part. Um, I don't really know. Yeah. Aside from that, you know, I really don't know. I, I just don't know. But I see lots of people doing it, especially people that I know who are like, you know, pilots or kite surfers or right. whatever, who are kind of travel around to do their thing. It's your whole like dirtbag cliche, right? Traveling yeah. athletes and stuff, trail yeah. runners and exactly. all of that. Exactly. Um, so I'm sure it's totally doable. Yeah. Do you, totally do you sleep in the street? In the, like in the city, you mean? Yeah. I don't prefer to, to uh -huh. be honest. You know, I mean like here I'm staying with At friends. At your buddy's house. Yeah. And you know, when I'm in, it just depends. I mean, yeah, like I was up in, Ojai mm -hmm. the last weekend and you know that's like a, it's not a city it's it's a town yeah 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 you know and there yeah I just found like a dark street yeah you know and it, that was fine mm -hmm. um, 
But is that what you're asking? Like, yeah, you, stealth camping. I was wondering if yeah, you, because yeah. that's like almost exclusively what we do. You know, yeah, my, really. my buddy Jeremy has a pretty big driveway and my sister has an extra parking space. And so mm. we, we stay with them kind of regularly, but still probably only like, we're in probably six, at least six nights a week. We're yeah we're in the in the in street city somewhere yeah right because i know because you live here like san diego area yeah right? yeah. yeah 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 encinitas i'm on the traffic and public safety commission here my right. jobs are all close by so right. this is like a, i'm so trying to figure out the the mobile thing we still haven't quite figured that out yet you know we yeah. took Oh, what? you mean the mobile work thing? Mobile, yeah, yeah. mobile revenue stream is right. like, right. I would right. love, to, we, we took a seven and a half week trip. Yeah, uh, the summer. Yeah. In, the, yeah. in the end of the summer. And um, I would love to have been able to like do that exact same trip, but yeah. for three or four times Extended. as long. Yeah, you know? right, because you're, you're able to make some money along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Well, before we get that, I mean like, um, it's interesting, you know, the live the the urban. I mean, again, like I part, like I said, like I want to. Most of my time, I want to spend in the mountains. I'm not really trying to live in the city mm -hmm. right now, and I can do my thing from wherever. So right. that works for me. Yeah. And when I do drop in and visit in the city, I usually, yeah, I just, you know, I try to stay with friends and yeah. you know whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but how is it like? I mean, because you know, you see a lot of vans around here. That's for sure. It's, and there's a lot of people doing it, right? It's. I mean, I, I'm. I'm super. I'm always super interested to pick the brains of other people who live in vans. Yeah. Because, um, when those tickets went out earlier in the year, a bunch of people got spooked. Like mm -hmm. our buddy Teddy that you met, the yeah. southern dude a few minutes ago and uh and um the other guy in the in the pro master johnny he mm -hmm. like he's paying somebody for like to to let them let him stay on yeah. on their property and they give him power and stuff like that right um but for me there was like this paranoia at the beginning and now it doesn't make me nervous at all yeah, you've done like it we spent five nights in manhattan like mm -hmm. Um, moving around and stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. but, and you know, I feel like probably, Interesting, yeah. probably 80 or 90% of the people that I know who live in vans do that, you know, mm -hmm. just sort of sleep around in the street and the laws are different in different places. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've been knocked on in Toronto mm. and here once and maybe somewhere else oh <laughs> we were glacier point in uh yosemite. in yosemite mm -hmm. there were just a bunch of people at sunset and we're like well let's try it and yeah colette and i were like actively fooling around mm -hmm. and this dude comes and knocks and he was so scared <laughs> i was like what's up man <laughs> I put my clothes on and i'm like what's going on <laughs> he's like are you guys planning on staying here? And I was like, yeah, if it's cool. He goes, well, it's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was, he was so mortified. Real sweet guy. Right, right. And he told us where to stay, like yeah. where we could stay oh, out in National cool. Forest because not <laughs> National Parks you can't stay, right. but National Forest, most places you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So that was super cool up in Big Bear. We were just like, yeah. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I guess, you know, 
it's just like anything else you know you it's like practice right you you get you know you kind yeah. of get the vibe you you feel more comfortable uh -huh. you know and like i said i do it like in you know the summer when i was going through boulder you know after i was in denver i went up through you know boulders in town and again yeah. like i mentioned oh various places so i think it's more just where i tend to find myself right is more do what you gotta do out yeah you know and um yeah hmm. exactly um yeah, and it's, uh, well, oh, and there's this whole thing with, I mean, that's a whole nother subject, you know, kind of, but, like, people living in their vehicles and, like, the issue, like you said, with, you know, different cities have different laws about this, and there are a lot of people who live in, you know, live in their vehicles because they, they don't really have anywhere they else have to, to live. Because yeah. they have to, or because they can't afford, mm -hmm. you know, to, to live in a, to not live in their vehicle. It's a cheap way to live. Yeah. And then it's against a lot of sleep in your van, and you know some some cities are starting now to have these like, you know, kind of sanctuary safe areas lots. or safe parking lots. Yeah. And to me, it's like I don't know, that just sounds terrible. Yeah. But you know, that's like it sounds like it can very quickly become sort of a camp. You uh -huh. know what I mean? And I, uh -huh. not what I'm interested in at sure. all. But I mean, what do you think about that from a planning point of view? And a... well, <laughs> um, I. I have a very long history as an anti-car person. Right, right. I remember, yeah, right. And right. like I think that that, that our mm. car car culture is a massive disaster. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that said, having the freedom to live in one is a good thing. Like, well, <laughs> and the thing is like um I they have safe parking lots in in San Diego in the city of San Diego. In Encinitas, it's illegal to park a van or a camper that's been a, a camper or a van that's been modified for habitation purposes. Mm. It's illegal to park one of those on a city street overnight. Period. Right. right and wow. of course, you've got rich people who live in their houses and have camper vans that they leave out. They don't get ticketed, yeah. but the people who are living in their vans often do. Yeah. Right. And then in Solana Beach, it's illegal to sleep in your vehicle between. 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. or something like that. Right. My attitude. So if you work the night shift, it's fine. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so sure. These guys uh, in this camper over here, I've met them. Mm. They have a, um, they have an agreement with the guys at the local gas station, and they stay there every night. Uh, but mm. my attitude is like, mm. public parking. Yeah. Is a disaster. Yeah. And, but, if you're gonna leave your vehicle overnight on a public street, I'm making a higher utility use of that For sure. space yeah. if I'm sleeping there. Yeah. And so the deal is, what I think the answer is we ought to charge for parking all the time everywhere. Right. And right. so it's like, <clears throat> that would, yeah, it would do far less importantly, right, right. it would legitimize van life. Well, what was right? the book that both of us probably yep. owned but not read? The hit, the high cost of free parking. I, I, I've read it now. Okay. You, you, <laughs> well, oh, I listened it. to it. Because <laughs> man, that book I ordered it and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is a dense book. But we know, like, what's it called? The high cost, the hidden cost the, of free the, parking. The the high cost of free parking. Yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, exactly. And yeah this you should read that book dude yeah no shit mm. i listened to the book i got it on audible i listened mm. to it at a time and a half good, speed yeah uh while i was walking the dog around for two yeah. months or whatever because it's 800 pages yeah it every chapter blew my mind it turned me on so there's more in there than just like we know like parking is disaster and we yes. should charge for parking you, here's <laughs> here's the thing that 
I felt like a giant idiot for not having thought of before. Yeah, hit me. Your driveway steals a parking space from the public. Yeah. Because you cur you cut the curb, mm. and that takes a parking space yeah, away. Right. So I had never thought about that. Spaces. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. But yeah. It, that guy just constantly bro uh, broke my brain. I want so badly to get him on the podcast yeah, because yeah. I'm super interested yeah. in what well, he, he has to. Like, he's UCLA, in UCLA. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Right. So, but I mean, you know, I think that I think the yeah. way to eliminate van life is if if, if that's a public policy decision that the that the mm. that the lawmakers. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, if that's a public policy decision that the lawmakers decide to make, the only equitable way to do it is by providing housing and charging for parking and the, yeah. those two those two things are on the same they're, they're different places on the same d d supply yeah. and demand curve yeah yeah um well it's interesting too it's like why you know i haven't really dug in this much at all you know but it's like why why should it be against the policy of the city to have you know it's like sure if you have people just like living in vehicles and forming sort of ad hoc camps it's like right. okay that's hard to it becomes a safety and health issue and maybe you know etc but on the other hand <clears throat> um well and it's like okay they're not paying property taxes you know the things that that you know that go into the city but right, right. If, if, if they're paying for parking you know you're cool um at least it's a step in the right direction i don't know yeah i went to both of the hearings last year around the san diego ordinance yeah and all of the all of the things that people are complaining about mm. uh, with van lifers are already illegal so yeah. why do you need to make right. Right. living right. in a van illegal when shitting in the street is already illegal yeah, for example, you know right. yeah. all of the things that whether it's uh perversion you know so sexual predation uh all of these yeah, yeah all of these things sound like just your garden variety othering you know yeah exactly it was well, like that's the thing it's we were against miscegenation for the same reasons you know right. what i mean yeah. back in the day it's like right. uh -uh. well people yeah it's like yeah they have their nice house yeah and you know you 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 just they're not it's like you wake up a, there's a someone parked in front of your house and mm -hmm. you know people don't like that it's like even though it's public space yeah well and the crazy is. thing is that those people make if you believe that the human condition is more good than bad mm. having somebody living out in the street in front of your house makes your house safer i'm in yeah. the middle of reading jane jacobs book yeah uh the death and life of great american cities and yes. and that's basically the deal there if you do but i mean you know jane jane said it you know was the first to start saying like that that's why our cities are dying because essentially we stopped believing that or right stop practicing that, uh -huh. you know because we've built ourselves you know into this these separate existences mm -hmm. and so we're not used to you know kind of trusting that other people have our mutual okay. best interest yeah. in mind yeah and uh, we'd rather just have our own little walled compound mm -hmm. you know every which one of us um and that's uh yeah right we cloister ourselves away and that makes stranger danger real yeah you know yeah uh ben fold said it so elegantly i wanted to i wish i had come up with this he says if you can't trust you can't be trusted yeah and it's like yeah there's mm. there's the end of there's the end of the idyllic american city but mm. new york still has a much lower murder rate than the county in south carolina i grew up in 
Yeah. You know? They're just more people there, so there are more murders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, that's what we we're just saying, you know, about uh, security, right? I mean, it's one of the symptoms, or one, of, yeah, of the fact that you know we've created a world that will destroy us, right? It's kind of how civilization works, mm. right? It kind of, you know, it goes in in waves, and the wave is definitely peaked here. We're past the peak, right? And we're witnessing, mm -hmm. you know, some of our systems start to come apart. I wonder though if that. I feel like I'm so scared of being one of those old people who goes kids these days. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't mean kids these days. I mean more like the decline of Western civilization. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, because the system gets, you know, we just get more rules and more restrictions and more false sense of security mm -hmm. and more separation and you know less human connection yeah. and. You know all those things. So what's the um, what's the focus? I think this is a good segue. What's yeah. the focus of your uh, of your practice now? Mm -hmm. Your coaching practice? Yeah. Do you yeah. have a Do you have a hook? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, well, the three things I focus on uh, with my coaching, um, kind of a triangle. Um, one is alcohol. Mm -hmm. So people who want to drink less, people who want to change their relationship with alcohol. Um, and, you know, that's like, what I find is that's most people. <laughs> Spin. There goes the dog. Uh, so you start at alcohol. Yeah. So You find that most people want to change their relationship with alcohol? Well, you know, most people drink mm -hmm. to some extent, sure. right? And when you really start you know, when you kind of dig into it, you know, what I find is that most people are like, yeah, I, you know, it'd be good if I drank a little less. Yeah. You know, and it may be very subtle, may, may not be, and it's, for most of us, it's not a big deal, mm -hmm. but it's a, it's like that little something, mm -hmm. right? And then for lots of folks, it's kind of a little bit bigger of a deal, kind of like it was for me. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge deal. It's not like a, you know a life-threatening th thing right or, you know but it's you're not losing your job you're not, and, right exactly but it's still kind of like a you know what boy i'd really feel a lot better right i'd be a lot healthier you know i'd be a lot more productive if i yeah you know but well i don't you know i don't have a problem i don't want to stop my life to do this mm -hmm. and the fact is you don't have to it's 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 no big deal really mm -hmm. you know it's totally possible to change your relationship with alcohol or with anything else right yeah. it's you know we we are we like you said we we get good at what we do mm -hmm. and what we do becomes us you know through neuroplasticity of our brains sure. right i mean what we do gets wired into our brains and becomes a habit mm -hmm. and just as easily we can change <laughs> habits and so that's you know been my experience over the past couple of years is just learning that you know there's alcohol just to talk about alcohol, you know, is not, it's not a black and white thing. It's not like there are some people that have some sort of defect or disease that makes it impossible for them to, you know, enjoy drinking without side effects, right. that, you know, and then, and then the rest of us don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. Not at all. It affects us all the same way. Right. And if we do something enough, it becomes a habit, yeah. especially with a substance. And there are many, mm -hmm. and alcohol is one of them that encourages habit forming. Right, 
And so there are lots of folks, yeah, that would love to change their, like I said, change their relationship to some extent mm -hmm. with, with alcohol. So that's, you know, because that's part of my experience, yes, that's one of the focuses of mine. Um, and the other two also come from my experience. Entrepreneurship, um, <clears throat> you know, I figured out how to live outside the machine right. a long time ago, a long time ago. And that's been one of the, one of the ways, one of the, one of the ways that I got free, you know, essentially mm -hmm. one of the, one of the ways that I have achieved and enjoyed the freedom that I have in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's easier than ever for people to, to, to start a business or work for yourself or work remotely. Um, but then again, most people haven't done it. Right. Right. And so just to share my experience or, you know, of how what my path was and um, how to again start a business or kind of go out on your own or just to think differently about um, your work situation yeah right think more creatively so that's another piece of the triangle and then the third piece is intuition mm -hmm. um, and um, that's what the, the whole practice is named after second sight intuition <laughs> is your second sight and intuition for me was and is the key i mean it's kind of the key to who i am now huh. and that okay. was the key to like unlocking or you know realizing that i wanted to change my relationship with alcohol for one um it was also the key for me to kind of to um, finally closing the door on years of depression and mm -hmm. anxiety it was really the key um, to me starting to feel like I really knew what I was here to do in mm -hmm. the world. Um, it's that, you know, it's that voice of you, right? Yeah. Is, is what it is to me. And I just didn't have it before, <laughs> you know? I, I really didn't have it before. You didn't have intuition before. Well, I mean, I, we all do. Yeah. We all do, but my sense of intuition was, was not very well developed. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> from a from a young age and and so when I finally did start to get back in touch with it I started to excuse me I started to yeah hear some of these things more clearly so I, I think about this a lot and I don't what is intuition yeah <laughs> you know I yeah, I question. feel yeah. like the times that somebody has somebody has accused me of intuiting something uh -huh. um and usually it's complimentary right i feel like i can trace my assumption whatever mm -hmm. assumption i made that looked like intuition mm -hmm. i can trace it back to at least vaguely some array of um logical analogies right okay it really am and so i don't i don't know what intuition is i'm not sure i even believe in it yeah. does that make sense yeah it does because i think most of us or a lot of us like my like myself like i didn't really have a sense people say you know trust your gut uh -huh. you know your intuition you know just knows what to do and i was always kind of like well I don't really believe that because yeah. I don't have that experience. Uh -huh. You know, I, I so 
you know, I hear the cliche and it's yeah. meaningless to me. Um, <clears throat> what, I mean, what intuition, there's a lot of ways to describe it, mm -hmm. right? But I mean, the way, the ways that I describe it, it's, you know, it's knowing without knowing, knowing something without knowing how you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's one way to think about it, right? Like, you know, what do you want for breakfast? I don't know. You you know, you yeah. decide, but you know, you don't know quite know how you decide it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it can apply to a lot of larger things. But mm -hmm. knowing something without knowing how you know it or mm -hmm. how you arrived at that decision. Another way to think about it is your subconscious or unconscious or pre-conscious knowledge, right? And that's why people often talk about being in the body or in your gut. Right. Right. For me, it's more like I actually think about more in my legs mm -hmm. uh, in a way, because uh, it's, it's for me, it's very much about movement. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like my intuition. Well, which way do I just which way do I start moving, mm -hmm. you know, without thinking about it too much? Um, but yeah, your subconscious, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're, you know, your subconscious, your unconscious knows a lot and actually makes a lot of decisions, right? Or let's say mm -hmm. more accurately, takes a lot of actions without conscious decision all the time. Right. All the time. And so to, you know, in that context, intuition, um, and I think this is what, you know, Carl Jung wrote a lot about intuition, actually. is one of the few that did, and I actually haven't read any Jung yet, <clears throat> but I did meet someone recently who wrote her dissertation um, on intuition mm -hmm. and so I got a little bit of, of you know what Jung said to her and um, is that you know it's kind of like your subconscious you know bubbling up through to the conscious level mm -hmm. right and so there who knows what's going on down there there may be a decision-making process mm -hmm. but it's more of an automatic process right whereas the conscious mind our analytic mind want to yeah lay out all the options weigh the pros and cons mm -hmm. you know try to predict the future play out the chess game and all the different permutations and blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know and then like to make a decision right but that's that's often not that's not how we do all mm -hmm. do everything that we do um and also that process that conscious decision making process is is expensive it's like cognitively mm -hmm. expensive yeah 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 it's a lot of work anxiety producing i mean it's 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 difficult mm -hmm. it's not super fun for most people it depends on how you're wired yeah right but for a lot of people it's it's you know that they really don't enjoy trying to make decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. so what is it you know other ways to describe it i often describe it also like a moment of waking up mm -hmm. kind of like you know it's that aha moment mm -hmm. right when when an idea or a you know a little piece of creative inspiration or something comes to you mm -hmm. and you don't really know where it comes from or it came from just oh oh yeah huh that's a good idea yeah i mean that's intuition yeah actually sure. um man i was laying in bed the other night it was like probably <laughs> two or three in the morning uh -huh. and i came up with uh i'm gonna i'm gonna try to uh go on a little uh, book some stand-up dates with one of my other uh, oh, fan wow, buddies. Yeah, amazing. And I came up with a joke in bed the other night, and I was, I was like, "That's fucking hilarious." And I was like, "Oh, that's so good. I'll remember it." 
No. Nope. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Motherfucker, you gotta write that shit you down. Write it down. And that's <laughs> so you asked like how like how to get more in touch with it or you know, if you don't have the sense that you really have your intuition or yeah. that you know that you know where it is or that you you know, the first step, I believe, and again it's like anything else, right? We get good at what we do. Mm -hmm. Everything's a practice. It's just how things work. The first step is just to pay attention, mm -hmm. right, when you get some little message like that, whether mm -hmm. it's a joke that comes to you in a dream or during the night, or whether, I don't know, you're looking outside and you like, see some birds circling mm -hmm. in some weird way, or someone says something to you and it just kind of strikes you and you're like, huh, what is that? Well, there's something there. I don't know what that is. You know, just to start, just to pay a little more attention to those unusual moments, right? That maybe don't fit into, you know, just sort of everything making sense. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the, they're the off-menu items, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and that's kind of the first step of just practicing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've found, is paying attention to things that we notice. And then, you know, maybe it's a day later or a week later, who knows what. And I'll have some thoughts like, oh huh that's interesting mm -hmm. now that kind of makes sense yeah right um it, it's a very powerful thing you know i i one thing that just to, to approach it from another direction um how do we know like how do you know who you are and what you're like here to do or what you want to do mm -hmm. with your life do you sit down and make a spreadsheet that's like, Marty is, <laughs> there's a list of, you know, pick these and, you know, you I know, know what I mean? I might be better off. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. I, yeah. Every time I make a terrible decision, it works out great. And that's what I keep thinking well, as you're describing intuition, you know? like Every time you make a terrible decision, it, why, why do you call those terrible decisions? Well, <laughs> every time that I make an off-spreadsheet decision. There you go. Uh, uh, Interesting. If, if you talk about, like, um, conventional wisdom. Yeah. Terrible in that sense, okay. right? Like, I remember right. I was looking for a job in 2007, right after I got out of law school, and... I had like 700 bucks, 800 bucks in my bank account and I needed a fucking job like right now. Yeah. And I bought a surfboard <laughs> right. and I got it and went to a networking event and got a job two days later. You know? Did you take so, your surfboard with no, you? No, no. <laughs> You're like, there's this guy here with a surfboard and I'm going to hire him for sure. I did take the bus to work all yeah. the time from Oceanside down to UTC mm -hmm. and it was like 300 yards from the bus stop, this office that I worked at and I was in a suit riding a skateboard into work and they're like i know everybody i worked with thought i had a dui or something and i was like no well, man i'm billing hours on the bus dude yeah like, yeah awesome um well that's it yeah exactly like you did an off-menu decision you know yeah. so to me you know that's you just described like those are more intuitive decisions you bought that surfboard it's like it didn't really make sense uh -huh. but you know something told you to buy the surfboard yeah. and that it would work out you know and that's the thing in the in the in the bigger sense right that's another one of these cliche cliches you know it's all gonna work out it's mm -hmm. like you know for a lot of us you know if someone says that to me i was like fuck you you know i don't have any i don't think it's gonna work out it doesn't feel like it's gonna mm -hmm. work out 
you know if things aren't going so well and if you don't know if you don't have that sense of knowing why you're doing what you're doing with your life and you're kind of stuck in like anxiety and depression like decision making mode and you're just constantly stuck trying to make this what do i do mm-hmm. right and you have no confidence that like things are just going to work out mm-hmm. and what gives you that confidence or what has finally given me that confidence is like backing away from the analytic decision making mm-hmm. and paying attention to my intuition yeah enough that i have kind of you know taken the you know done the off menu mm-hmm. uh taken the off menu choice you know enough times and it has worked out enough mm-hmm. times that now i have a sense that you know if i listen to that message it probably will work out right right and now actually i do have some trust that mm-hmm. like things will probably work you know go okay but i i think that that is a big issue for a lot of people yeah um and that's you know where it ties in with drinking is that alcohol you know it just numb it numbs everything mm-hmm. right i mean that's part of the reason we enjoy having a drink because it's just like okay just give me a break from the world for god's sakes right mm-hmm. and that's understandable but you know i started drinking at the age of 11. yeah you know that's and really- so i you know just didn't have the chance to to really develop that that ability mm-hmm. right because it was just numbed and dulled and so i i didn't really ever get the sense that things were just going to work mm-hmm. out right and i and i didn't have that that subtle voice you know kind of whispering in my ear you know through my earlier life you know kind of guiding me like oh, you know you might like to try this or you know that feels good mm-hmm. you know try that it was you know i was like well just kind of felt like i was just kind of floating around mm-hmm. right so for me at least like focusing on my intuition has been super super productive do you a lot of do you do a lot of meditating not really okay not really i mean i have done some and you know i do a lot of other stuff what i do is like is flow right Mm -hmm. i mean i like to move my body and there there are a lot of parallels and you could say that like being being you know in meditation is like is is being in flow also sure and you could say that anyway so i like to you know when i'm running or i like to move mm-hmm. so i sitting in one place meditating it's a <laughs> little i mean i do it sometimes but i don't do it a lot i've gotten uh, certainly when once you get the runners high you know yeah. you're in that same sort of headspace i think yeah once you're yeah. once you're actually doing it the that whole it's all going to work out thing <laughs> um makes me think of because i've you know i've dealt with a a considerable amount of depression too and the thing that the 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 two sides of the depression and euphoria uh coin for me Mm -hmm. are frivolity and uh futility it's like if you look at life yeah um if, if you if you spend your last six hundred dollars on a surfboard uh-huh. and you're broke life doesn't end there right like mm-hmm. you're just broke <laughs> like mm-hmm. plenty of people are broke there are yeah. plenty of like uh unelectively houseless people you yeah. know what i mean yeah and um 
sometimes I see them making out on the side of the street. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, people can still have a good time. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you can, on the one hand, you can look at, at life and be like, there's no purpose. Everything's the worst. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at life and go, there's no purpose. I can do whatever I want to do, you know? Yeah. And, but if you don't know what to do in that moment, that's a depressive moment. Oh, yeah, See because you saying? get into the needly like uh, decision-making mode. Don't or whatever. know what to do. It yeah. doesn't feel like freedom. Yeah, right. It feels like nowhere. It feels like hopeless. Mm-hmm. I'm lost. What do I do? Yeah, and and I mean, to me, that's right. It's it's. It can go. It could be either one, right? And you could be in the exact same situation, whether you're broke or not. You know, if you have the that moment of freedom, can feel like purgatory, crippling. Exactly. Yeah. Or it can feel like freedom. Yeah. Right. If you have a sense of what you want to do with that moment, maybe you just want to sit and chill. You right. know, even. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know, for me again, like I would often be just like, just like, okay. <clears throat> what do I do with the next hour? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. What am I? And like that was like in, in my, you know, this anxious loop in yeah. my brain. Like, what am I? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with just with the next hour? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not a good place to be. And for me, I feel like the the if I get you know to the extent that I've been able to get to the root of that. To me, I, I feel like it's like I, I didn't have my intuition. I didn't yeah. have this inner, this voice, you know, that would just whisper to me like, hey, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Just chill for this next hour. It's fine. Yeah, you yeah. don't need an answer. Or, you know, go, you want to go, you go skateboarding, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, I would get lost in this loop of like, yeah. what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it feels terrible. Uh, but you, it also, yeah, I mean, that, I think that's where you're kind of where you're going, or that's just, you know, you said frivolity or... Frivolity and futility. Yes. Frivol- it's like you can look at the world right, exactly as a huge vacuum, and you can choose to see that as an opportunity or a burden, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's just all nothing but your mindset, right? It's the way that you look at the world. That's right. That's right. And but, for me, that flip-flops. It changes. Like, it I'm does. not always... Yeah. I'm not always manically happy. You know right. what I mean? So when does it change it? Because what you just said is, and, and people often say this, like it's, you know, it's a choice. Yeah. But that's kind of a conscious thing, a right. choice, right? Whereas, and you know, people say that to me and I used to hear all the time. It's like, yeah, okay. But when you're depressed, you don't have generally the ability to just choose to, to be see happy. the other side. Yeah. Because you're stuck in that loop. Mm-hmm. Right. And what you, you know, need to do is start changing your behavior. Mm-hmm. So that the you know the feedback loop starts going the other way, and eventually those moments start to feel like freedom, you know, as opposed like as opposed to failure. Right. Right. But what's your experience when that shifts? Like, and that shift happens. How does that happen? I well, and this is the other. This is this is another cliche that that <clears throat> bothers me sometimes, but it <clears throat> seems super apropos right now. Is is uh when people say don't should on yourself mm-hmm. you know and it's like that i have i've really i feel like i've rounded a corner in the last mm-hmm. four years or so where um 
I just don't, I don't have the energy to be sad anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. fucking care. Like, yeah. everything is going to, everything is going to continue to exist, and then someday I won't anymore. And not, I'm not scared of any of it, you know. Yeah. And I don't know, and and that's most of the time now. Like, mm -hmm. uh, still not all of the time, but I think that the answer, at least for me, so much of the answer was expectations and trying to do shit right you know what i mean and and when i when i'm able to let that go then there's nothing to do but whatever i want to do you know what yeah. i mean um mm -hmm. yeah I yeah think, well I you got the wheel turning in the right direction you know and it's yeah. like you know it is a, a feedback loop and so when it's turning in the right direction, it turns kind of more and more in the right direction. Right. And it gets harder to, you know, end up back below that baseline. Mm -hmm. Right. And on the other hand, when it's turning in the wrong direction. Down, down, it, down. Yeah. And you end up below, you know, the, the baseline. I have this sort of graph in my head in a way, uh -huh. you know what I mean? And then like, if you get below that line on a regular basis, you know, it's more and more likely that you're going to kind of stay below yeah. the line. Right. Because things just start to seem shitty. Etc. And you reinforce, you know, with the same habit-forming mechanisms. I mean, your brain, you start to reinforce that wiring, mm -hmm. right? And, and then your thoughts are going to go down those pathways more and more often. And and the only way to change that is to just start is start doing different shit. Yeah. You know, another thing that's been part of my experience, and that I just from talking to people, it's like, why are you depressed? You know, most people, why are you depressed? It's like we have an epidemic of depression, you mm -hmm. know, in the United States. It's like it's, there's no possible way that 13% or 17% or whatever it is of Americans that take antidepressants and stuff were born with some sort of flaw. Flaw. Yeah. It makes them prone to depression. Uh -huh. No, the re depression for most people is a symptom mm -hmm. of your life sucking. <laughs> right. Yeah. One way or another or many ways. Yeah. Right. That's it. It's, mm -hmm. it's something to pay attention to is what it is. You know, if you start feeling kind of bummed out on kind of a regular basis, you know, it's time to pay attention, right, to the red flags that are being raised mm -hmm. and change something before it gets worse. Yeah. You know, not start taking some pills to make you temporarily feel a little bit better so that maybe you can suck it up for a while longer or something. No. You know, and we're just so resistant to the idea that maybe the whole machine that we're most of us are living in is that's the broken part is not doing so well for a lot of us, yeah. right? In terms of a, a, a structure that is satisfying, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, and so that, yeah, again, it's you know, it's a symptom of not living well, right? So, like, what can, what can you do to just to live? live better and again if you but but if you don't have that inner voice like for me it's where it comes back to intuition again if you don't have that that little voice that's telling you what actually would make you happier mm -hmm. if you just don't even have that or if you're not in touch with it it's pretty hard to know what to do sure and that 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 contributes to it mm -hmm. um so that's certainly also an aspect of like my coaching practice is you know my own experience with 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 depression and you know helping folks with that too sure you know um, um 
yeah, it's pretty. It's it's, it's been fascinating to to uh, to get into that and start working with some people, and um, it's another way to you know just to share my experience. Not not that I have answers per se, right. you know, but that's what we're all here to do, right? Is is be ourselves as much as possible, mm-hmm. and you know to share that experience with with each other, yeah, right. And that's just what makes the world a richer place. Sure, and. Um, um, and it also, it it goes really well with my interest in, in writing. You know, I love to write, mm-hmm. and writing is, you know, kind of a solitary thing, though, mm-hmm. and a very, like, personally, kind of internally creative thing. Mm-hmm. And so the coaching gives me a way to work with a lot of the same topics and experience and stuff, but, like, but do it with other people. Socially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, how is writing? How's it going? Yeah, it's going great. Yeah? Yeah. You got stuff out there? Is it coming? Well, you know, I, I do put stuff out there now and then. So, like, what you'll see, you know, if you go to my personal site, if you go to bowendwelly.com, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, you'll see some stuff that I put out there now and then. And I also publish stuff on my coaching site, which is secondsite.coach. Okay. Um, coach, I've yeah, heard that one coach. before. Yeah, well, you can get a there's a dot just about anything, anything yeah. these days, right? You know, um, but a lot of stuff that I write, I don't, you know, I don't publish right away, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I don't even want to be thinking about that when I'm when I'm writing a lot of stuff, um, and it's kind of a, you know, it's a bad idea as a writer to be thinking like, okay, well, as soon as I finish this, you know, two pages, <laughs> I'm gonna hit post and yeah, yeah. put it out there in the world, right? Because mm-hmm. It's a creative process. You want to be free to, you know, just write what, you know, let that, what comes. Yeah, exactly. So all of that material is just gradually accumulating mm-hmm. in a big digital pile, yeah. <laughs> you know, that in, you know, over the course of next year, hopefully the pile will get big enough. And then hopefully at some point I'll have the energy to go back into the pile mm-hmm. and start sorting through it and, you know, pull out enough for a book. Cool. That's 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 the plan. Right yeah. Is it um are you are you writing fiction at all? Or is this not, memoir? Not sort really. Of it's stuff? just memoir and and um, kinda of, yeah, thoughts and experience and, and that sort of stuff. So you know, it's store it's stories and then it's also yeah, kind of like life experience. Right. Um I, I did start writing a story uh over the summer. Um and uh, I, I got to, you know, it's, it's I got to get back and work on it some mm-hmm. more. But yeah, mostly no. I, I don't know. Fiction hasn't really come to me so much. Hmm. It's um, that's a, yeah. I don't know. I think it requires like even more freedom, right? You just have to be able to like dream onto the page, right? I'm I'm not there yet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so bad about. I f- I feel like all of the reading I do is like hyper technical shit mm-hmm. and I'm just like I'm constantly fussing at myself it's like dude just read a novel someday you yeah know? yeah interesting uh, yeah I do once in a while I mean yeah I read a lot of stuff and I like take notes and mm-hmm. you know it's like it's it's kind of kind of serious I, I suppose and yeah. and fun mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean fiction's amazing yeah. you know story just pure like pure storytelling have you read um joseph campbell's book you know the hero with, of a, with a thousand faces Mm-mm. that's where all that's where all this comes together like yeah. the fiction and the 
you know, um, all these themes that we're talking about, mm -hmm. about intuition and consciousness and, um, yeah, it's a great read. I okay. think you'd enjoy it. Cool. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he brings together examples from all the world's religions and mythologies and history mm. to show how many of the archetypes of story and religion and psychology are common, you know, across mm -hmm. cultures. And that, you know, the central, the most common and most powerful archetypal story is the hero's journey. I'm sure mm -hmm. you've heard this term, mm -hmm. right? And it's also like the easiest way to picture that for people of my generation, at least, is Star Wars. You know, yeah. Luke Skywalker mm -hmm. is the prototypical, and George Lucas credits Joseph Campbell in that he like had read his book before he wrote Star Wars. Okay. It's the prototypical hero's journey. It's also the story of Jesus Christ, and you know many other many and and um you know the odyssey mm -hmm. um many many others right mm -hmm. you know the hero has some sort of inspiration is cast out of his home or has to leave on mm -hmm. some sort of epic journey you know does battle with the evil forces gains some hard-won wisdom you know and eventually returns home mm -hmm. in, in some way to kind of anyway um so with you know fiction and reality that's where it comes together these are the the stories that are part of our our psyche yeah it's so weird that 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 is a that is a trajectory that's a that's a that story is like the least interesting to me i'm the hero's such, journey. i'm such a richard linkladder sort of guy you know yeah, like yeah. i want a meaningless movie you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like, um, yeah that's not the only story right, right right i mean these other more yeah there's lots of them lots of other stories too yeah, yeah i need it colette <laughs> colette gave me the assignment yesterday i guess there's the new star wars is coming out in december okay and i've seen the first three that were like came out when i was a kid yeah but not in years and years and years and so we have to watch like eight star wars movies before december oh, and i'm wow, like yeah. bracing myself that's <laughs> why it'd be better yeah if, if right maybe they should have richard link later <laughs> direct, direct a star wars movie that would be fucking hilarious it would be just like luke and his buddies getting high in the, like, in the high school basement. sitting around <laughs> yeah, I that's kind of what happened in a way that's like the side stories you know <laughs> like with all the robots at the robot you know uh -huh. c-3po hanging out with his buddies yeah. and you know the wookies uh -huh. when they're all partying and <laughs> yeah but that's that's an assignment we have to give to mm. richard linkladder now i guess yeah okay. um what else what else man what else can i uh Hmm. Vans, vans. What know, what, have, what have you done to your van? We're gonna do a tour of your van in a few minutes, but yeah, let's do uh, that. Right. What's what's going on with it right now? You know, I haven't had to do too much, and that's you know one of the things we got these nice little vans, uh -huh. right? Small van, small fan, uh -huh. right? It's like you don't have to do much. Yeah. The tiny little enhancement. I'll show it to you. Uh -huh. that, 
I'm most proud of recently is I <clears throat> I wired in a dedicated MacBook charger oh. to my DC system. Cool. So I don't, so I can charge my laptop without using the inverter. Okay. How about that? Nice. How about that? Yeah, dude. <laughs> did, did you buy a special piece? You had to. It's, it's dead simple though. Cause <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bought a spare part for the, the MagSafe mm -hmm. wire. So you've now, got an older computer I, like me. Yeah. Right? right. Cause it has all the ports, mm -hmm. right? And so you can buy the MagSafe cable mm -hmm. as a spare part. It's like 20 bucks. And it's, you know, it just got two connectors, two mm -hmm. wires. Awesome. It turns out a MacBook wants 16.5 volts, mm -hmm. not 12, but 16.5 mm -hmm. DC. You get another little part off of Amazon that's a DC voltage up regulator or something, I forget the term. Hmm. It has a little knob on it. Literally, you can just dial in the voltage you need. So you put in a 12 volt source oh, crazy. One and you slap the other deal in the other end, you dial it to 16.5. And you're done. Nice. That's some ninja shit, dude. Yeah. Awesome. I look <laughs> so, forward yeah. to seeing that. Cool. Maybe so we. The thing is, man, we've got so much freaking because of 300 watts of solar and a little van. We've. Yeah. I just keep my inverter on all the time. I'm I like see, constantly. Yeah, right. We've got so much power in here. Right, right. The thing I wish that I would do differently. And I think the technology just sort of changed in the last year, so that they were cheaper. But mm. I. Do you have a lithium battery or? No. AGM no. or? Yeah, I just, yeah, I got, I got two, two AGMs. Now. Okay. Like, yeah. My battery weighs 130 pounds and, yeah. uh, for four, 300 more dollars, I could have gotten like a third, the same amount of power for 30 yeah. pounds, you know? Was it 200 amp hours more yeah. or less? Yeah. I, I got two, you know, two 100 amp hour AGMs. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, yeah, I guess they weigh a lot, but yeah, whatever. Um, the van can it, handle it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really not that much. It's just how it went. And um, yeah, I just wanted to be able to like, <clears throat> if I don't move the rig for a few days, you know, not have to worry about the fridge losing power, mm -hmm. for example. Because mm -hmm. you're coming just off of an isolator? Well, and I got one panel okay. on the roof. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, actually, it all came to this summer. I went up to, my, you know, on that first trip when I took off and I was dry camp for a few days and... And then the and the fridge went dead, and like the whole van went dead. Actually, I couldn't start oh, the van. No. And I was like, "Well, that is not. First of all, that's not right because I have the thing isolated, so mm -hmm. like it shouldn't have been drawing off the starter battery, right. you know." And so I didn't quite know what to do to fix it because I was on the road or whatever. But I got this thing in my head that it's like, okay, I needed some more battery storage, you know. So so I did add a second battery. Mm -hmm. That's why you know. But then I realized that something had. Either something something wasn't wired up right, or maybe I had been just using the built-in overhead mm -hmm. lights mm -hmm. so much over the course of a few days that that's what I managed to draw the starter battery down. Mm -hmm. Anyway, now I got you know even more you know even yeah. more storage and whatever. It's not plenty of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. We'll plug your websites again, and we'll go bowendwelly.com. So that's my name: B O W E N D W E L L E. Dot com and you can find me on all the socials with my name Bowen Dwelly, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then my coaching is secondsight.coach. Okay. And you can find that on Facebook and stuff too. But 
Yeah, there you go, man. Cool. Thanks yeah. for coming back on the podcast. Totally, good to dude. see you. Great to be here. Let's go look at your van. Yeah, let's let's do a little tour. All right, guys, we did it. That's 34 episodes in the books. Thank you so much for listening if you've been paying attention for this long. Uh, I really enjoy hanging out with Bowen. It's fun to talk to him, and uh, we sort of have a, a similar energy. And uh, once we get going, we can't stop talking to each other. So <laughs> he came and hung out at the van after we finished the podcast, and we talked for another two hours or some shit. Uh, Go to podcasts on Apple and Spotify and, you know, plug, 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 plug. I love you guys. Uh, We'll have another episode for you on next Tuesday, which I expect is going to be super rad.